Welcome to Jubilations, a Judaic podcast intended to educate, inspire, and motivate your hungry Jewish mind. Each week, Jubilations dives into the minds of influential Jewish people speaking powerful words of wisdom. Julie Tarney is the author of My Son Wears Heels, One Mom's Journey from Clueless to Kick-Ass. This former PR agency president is an author, speaker, and advocate for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer questioning LGBTQ plus youth. Her memoir shared what she learned about gender identity, gender expression, and self-acceptance from her only child, Harry and what her parenting journey with Harry from toddler to adulthood taught her about herself. Sharing that experience in public appearances, Julie has touched the lives of so many in diverse settings. She is devoting her life to reaching as many people as possible with an emphasis on gender identity related topics. Her mission is to make the world safer and the future more inclusive for LGBTQ plus youth. Julie serves on the board of the it Gets Better Project, guest writes for Huff Post, and is a contributing advice columnist for My Kid is Gay. She volunteers regularly as a speaker for PFLAG, NYC's Safe Schools program, and is also a member of the National Center for Transgender Equality's Families for Trans Equality Network. Wow, that's a mouthful. But this woman has got it going on. She was named as the favorite queer hero of 2016 by HuffPost and one of Blog Her's Voices of the Year in 2015. So please enjoy the interview with Julie Tarney and my guest, Becky O'Keefe. I have Julie Tarney with me today on jubilations. She is the author of My Son Wears Heels, A One Mom's Journey from Clueless to Kick-Ass, which we know you're kick-ass. <laughs> Thanks, Becca. Hello. <laughs> I also have with us today, Becky O'Keefe. She is the mother of a transgender son. Uh, ladies, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Julie, I want you to, first of all, give a little background on who you are and what your journey has been so far with your wonderful son Harry. Well, I like to um, I like to think of myself first as the proud mom of Harry, who lives in Brooklyn also, not with me, but we're both in Brooklyn now. We um, he grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he is an art director and a photographer and creative director and a part-time drag queen. So I'm the proud mom of Harry. Um, I did write the book My Son Wears Heels to really for other parents who are experiencing um, raising a child who doesn't necessarily fit the gender expectations that society has has put out there for us. Um, and I've also become an advocate for the LGBTQ community, especially youth. I serve on the board of the It Gets Better Project. I write some pieces for HuffPost. Um, and I get out and speak as often as I can. I'm a volunteer with PFLAG, go into the schools and talk to kids to educate other kids too. And I am loving what I'm doing. 
It's so wonderful that you as a mother are there to be there for your son. Some people would back down and it's good that you get yourself even out there more for him, which is wonderful. I try and be in the in the front row at his performances, but I have to tell you that those shows are pretty late at night and so I can't always make it. <laughs> and I'm sure it's kind of like a parting of the Red Sea. They're just like, Harry's mom's here. Move over. Move over. <laughs> Give her some space. <laughs> Sometimes I worry. It's like, does Harry really want to see his mother in the front row? <laughs> I try and stay back a little bit. Yeah, there you go. And Becky, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your son, Cam? All right. Well, Cam is a freshman in high school this year, and he is on a his his journey began about two years ago. Um, initially just came out socially by just changing his looks, real short hair and dress. And then um, in the fall, I think it was seventh or maybe eighth grade. I can't remember. It's, you know, it's hard to remember what grade it was, but he came out as bisexual first. And then shortly after he told us that he thought he was fluid and so we just kind of went with that for a while. And as the year or that the time progressed, um, last fall or last summer, he had made a decision that he's actually transgender um, and came out with his friends and his peers first and then his siblings and then through text with, to me. <laughs> and then I got to pass that on, information on to dad. Um, and I, I feel like... It's been such an easy journey, and I'm not exactly sure when the next, like, when the shoe's going to fall. Like, when is it going to get really bad, and when are we going to have um, some some really, tra- you know, really tragic things happening? Um, and it just hasn't. We've just, it's been a really good journey thus far. Julie, how old was Harry when he approached you? Um, Harry was two years old. He came out several times and he doesn't remember, but he asked me how I knew he was a boy. It was before bed and I was folding laundry on the floor and it was a surprising question. But then I thought, you know what? Two-year-olds are curious and that's what they do. They ask questions. Um, and so I gave a very, very brief anatomy lesson and I said, well, Harry, um, boys have a penis and girls have a vagina and you have a penis. So you're a boy. And I have to tell you right now that I just cringe saying that because I would never explain it that way. Um, I want to remind you that Harry is 28 years old. So this was 26 years ago and there was no internet. There were no resources. There was no language that there was today. Um, But what I would say to Harry today is that when he was born, the doctor told us, based on how his body looked, that he was a boy. But babies can't talk when they're born, and doctors don't know what's in their head or what they're thinking, and so that's just what the doctor told us based on how he looked. But I didn't say that. So I gave him the anatomy lesson. And I could tell he was processing that, but that there was something still on his mind. And and I probed a little bit and I said, you know, Harry, that's a really interesting question. What made you think of it? And he said very confidently, inside my head, I'm a girl. 
And that was, um, that was, uh, took me by surprise. I, I, I honestly did not know how to respond to that question. I was, I thought, well, let's see, you know, racing through my mind. Well, is Harry saying that because he likes to play with so-called girl stuff? He liked Barbies. He liked to dress up. Um, he liked pink. And so I thought, well, when he's across the street at his friend Lewis's house and wants to play with the Barbie dream house and the girls say, no, you can't play with that. Is he thinking that because he liked those things that he thought he was more girl? Um, I didn't know what to say. Honestly, um, his dad and I really, even before Harry was born, wanted to focus on good self-esteem and confidence. And I didn't want to say anything to Harry that would make him feel bad or that would give him any reason to think there was something wrong with the question. And, and I just, um, I just said, you know what, Harry, that's really great that you know that about yourself. And it was really the right answer because I got this big toothy grin from him. Um, but after putting him to bed that night, I just, I remember standing outside his door with my heart, just racing, not knowing what had gone on in there. And there were no terms like gender fluid or gender nonconforming or gender creative. And I thought, does this mean Harry's going to be gay? I mean, I honestly had no idea. I, I didn't understand the idea of gender identity. I didn't understand that how you feel about yourself is different than who you would be attracted to. So that's that was the start of my journey. Thank you for telling us the story. As three mothers of children that are, I personally call it the sexual spectrum or the gender spectrum, if you both are okay with my term, I have fear. First thing that hit me was, oh my God, I have a Jewish gay daughter. I am scared for her life. And that was my biggest fear. Becky, do you get that feeling? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, th I think that that's... Um my husband and I's biggest fear is that, um, it, and it's more society. It's not, will Cam be able to live a fulfilled life? Because of course he will, but how will society accept him? And, um, and, and will there be people who, who will not, and who will, you know, be violent towards him? And, and that's our biggest fear. Julie, did you ever feel like, you worried about Harry or do you now worry about Harry? You know, when I stood outside his room at night, wondering what was going on and not understanding, not having the language to understand it and projecting that projecting a sexuality on a two year old, um, I was scared. That was my next after confusion. It was worry and fear. Um, you know, to project it onto a kid. Is he going to be bullied at school? How do I protect him? Um, will he, will he get beat up? Will he, will he get AIDS? I mean, I had, yeah. this was 1992 and I had a very, very close friend at the time with AIDS. And, and so I was projecting all of these, you know, horrible things onto Harry because that's what moms do, right? We worry. Um, we, one of the first things we buy is a baby monitor, just even to know that our kids are breathing <laughs> at night. Right. So I think it's natural. That's what we do. And, um, and it, it's almost inescapable to worry, 
you know, you worry when your kid get a driver's license, you know, but when they're not fitting in um, into humanity the way society has deemed they're supposed to, then we have other fears. And, and I think when I look back myself, I wish I would have just loved more and worried less. I wish I would have just, you know, given that outpouring of love to Harry, which I did. I just wish I would have worried less because um, I feel like they pick up on that. Oh, oh for, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, are you, what are you supposed to do about that? Right. This is what, I mean, we are on this planet as worry wards. That's just what we do. Right. I personally think that. You're not a very good mother if you don't worry about your right, kids. Exactly. <laughs> there is something wrong with you. you know? <laughs> Julie, how are you celebrating Mother's Day this year? I'm not sure. Harry and I haven't talked about that yet. I don't know if we'll um, we'll go to brunch or go to the botanical gardens. I'm hoping we'll spend some time together. Last year, I was lucky enough to go to um, Bushwig, which was a drag festival that Brooklyn does every year. And they were doing a weekend in New Orleans. So Harry and I were in New Orleans for Bushwick last year. I don't think we'll be able to top that this year. But, <laughs> yeah. I love what that. What are you doing? I'm What's spending the, the morning planting flowers. That's my request every year is that I get to plant my flowers, my pots, and my... There you go. <laughs> claim that too. I think I'm going to claim some time for my flowers. Isn't that funny that we have to do that? That's weird. We have to claim time to do the flowers. Yeah. Like they should just do them all for us, but whatever. <laughs> so when Harry was growing up, Julie, can you recall when he started dressing more like a girl? Was it at two? There was a drama corner in his preschool. <laughs> and that was his favorite place to play. Wow. Sure. And there was a little exercise the teachers had the kids do was to draw a self-portrait and then to write a caption for it of when they were the happiest at school. And Harry was the happiest when he was in dress-up clothes. And so for me, that was, you know, being a full-time working mom, I wanted Harry to be as happy at school, at home as he was at school. And so his dad and I talked it over and we got him a dress-up box. And his dad said, are you sure that you want to do that? Aren't you just encouraging Harry? And I said, well, yes, because I want to encourage him to be happy and do the things that he loves. Um, it was hard for me, though, because he wanted to wear those clothes all the time. And, and not understanding, really, that I had a non-binary, genderqueer kid. I didn't even know that language that... Harry was just being Harry. And I would say that. I would say, oh, Harry's just being Harry without really thinking about what that meant. Um, I didn't allow him to wear the dress-up box clothes to school. I think he talked me into it once when he was doing his own production of um, 101 Dalmatians. And he cast himself as Cruella de Vil, <laughs> and he had to have a skirt for that I performance. Love it. <laughs> um, but he found other ways. Um, I remember him telling me once how lucky girls were because girls could play sports and wear whatever they wanted. You know, Harry was very in tune with gender expression and what the divisions were and what was acceptable. And so his way around it was to wear tie-dye, to wear beads, 
to wear peace signs and necklaces and let his hair grow long. So Harry found a way to become a hippie kid in the mid-90s, and that was his self-expression. Now, he still got made fun of at school. People, you know, some kids teased him, you know, are you a boy or are you a girl? What are you? And um, so that was hard. That, I hope, has changed. Becky, being that you have a younger child. Well, I think that that it has. Um, I, I feel fortunate that we're in this little urban liberal bubble where we live in St. Paul, um, because the kids at his school, um, don't seem to care what other people are doing. Um, and, and his friends don't care. Like, I don't think he's lost one friend in his whole transition. And, and it just seems so remarkable that, that that could happen these days at all. I just love hearing that. Um, we're, part of a group called Transforming Families here in St. Paul in Minneapolis. And there are parents from uh, just suburbs who say differently that their children are not being accepted. I think it does matter where you live and that kids in urban areas are just more savvy. They experience more, they're exposed to more. Whereas if you're in a small rural area in Arkansas, um, where supposedly there are no gay people and there is no one transgender, um, kids have a harder time finding someone else who is like them. Um, right. I, I was really, I was happy to see a study came out um, last year that was conducted by Harris Cole with, uh, together with GLAD and Time Magazine did a report on it saying that 20% of millennials say they are something other than strictly straight and cisgender. Right. Gender meaning you identify with the sex you were assigned when you were born, compared to 7% of boomers. So, you wow. know, there is a shift happening. It, it has to do with education, um, LGBTQ people feeling more free to be themselves, um, telling their stories, and again, education and advocacy. On the end of our, our conversation here, I saw a beautiful video today. Uh, I don't know if either of you have seen it with Pink on stage. Uh, I think at the last awards that they had. And she, oh. her daughter was standing there. Did you, I'm sorry, did you see it, Julie? I did. I think that was at the Grammys. Was it at the Grammys? The okay. And when yeah. she, she, she did a talk or speech. Did you see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That she said to her yeah. daughter. So I think it's important people see it. Her daughter was dressed in like a little tuxedo. She's maybe, what, seven or eight it looked like. And she said to her, we take the gravel in the shell and make a pearl. We don't change. We help others to change so they can see other kinds of beauty. And I, I think that was so wonderful. She's such a prime example, and she listed so many others that are such big examples to people of don't freaking worry about what you look like. Just be who you want to be. I was 16 years old. I turned my hair pink while my parents were out of town. And my, <laughs> my mother came back and said, oh, that's really beautiful. I love that you did that. Then High Holidays came, and the rabbi told her that it was very disrespectful that I looked the way I did. And other people came and complained to my mom. And she said, are you kidding me? <laughs> she, she didn't do anything bad. This is beautiful. Now look at everybody. <laughs> so I think if we continue to have these wonderful mothers as we are to keep pushing for our kids, 
um, we will always um, create a better space and a better world for them. I agree. Yeah. Julie, do you have any final notes that you'd like to say to us? Well, I think for any parent, um, regardless of how your child expresses or presents, that it's never too late to learn from your kid. You know, as much as we learn for our kids, that our kids are really here to teach us and they are leading the way and, um, and that there's a lot to learn from them. There is. You're absolutely about right. acceptance and absolutely. So Julie, can you just kind of give people a quick, uh, how to contact you and talk to you and get your book? Um, I have a website. It's julietarney.com and I have a blog. And I have a Facebook page, My Son Wears Heels, and I'm on Instagram. My book, there's a page on my website about the book, which is available on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or IndieBound. And people can write to me, too. I'd be happy to answer any questions someone has. Um, I also do an advice column for mykidisgay.com. So people can always feel free to write into mykidisgay.com. There's a wealth of information there for parents. And it can be anonymous there if you'd like. Awesome. Julie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And it was wonderful to meet you, Becky. And yes. Thank you, Julie. We had a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thanks. Becky, thank you. You too. Thank and you. you guys both have a fabulous Mother's Day. Yes, you as well. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Thanks for listening to Jubilations. May you go from strength to strength.